Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borky and I owe Brian Haydad lunch. Welcome in. I tried to tell you. I tried, I tried to tell you. Florida gets, you know, for all intents and purposes, it was a 13-point game. Florida got smoked last night. They got smoked. Well, I mean, that's a game that you can watch, and you know without a shadow of a doubt that if Cam Rising had played in that game, they would have lost by 30 points. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, A bunch of starters went out, too. Their best defensive player got hurt on, like, the first series of the game and didn't play for the rest of the game. They lost a defensive line. I mean, Injuries everywhere. In my defense, so I thought Florida was going to cover seven and a half. I thought it was going to happen as my computer keeps like falling downwards. I'm going to have to read uncomfortably. Uh, I warned you guys yesterday not to believe my predictions for games. So if you thought that Florida was going to cover seven and a half, that's your fault, not mine. I told you not to believe what I said. and And so... No, Florida did not cover. And so we'll start there on this Friday. 6 year one 4395 is the text line. Would love to have you guys be a part of the show. We're going to have a busy show. Richard will join us in a little while. He's just finishing up 18. He's got to settle up some bets and have a beer or two. And then, <laughs> and then he'll mosey on over to the studio and, uh, yeah. and uh, join us in a little bit. We'll talk high school football at 337. We'll talk Aggies to finish up our around the SEC look at 4:05. We'll preview Southern Miss Alcorn with Luke at 4:20. We will get picks with Bruce. He's back at 4:37. We will do two questions at the top of the five o'clock hour. I forgot about two questions. They're uh, they're modified a little bit this week, obvious for obvious I would hope, reasons. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Mississippi State must do what to win the game on Saturday. Be there by kickoff. Stay hydrated. Just show up. Just remember that kickoff is at 3 o'clock and be there. Don't forget to bring a towel. Exactly. So a little modification. We've got Food Friday immediately after that. And then we've got shirts to give away. And also uh, we got to – Polk's pick six. we got to do that as well. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's. It's free to you. Just make your picks. And if you win – if you have the best picks and the best score tiebreaker, then you will win a prize pack, including Polk's Meat, on us. So, busy, busy show this afternoon. Again, 601 879 
Uh, somebody's saying no sound on TV. Let me see if I can fix that. Uh, Are you there? Jeff, let uh, me know if uh, if that corrected it. It should have. I don't know why it was switched off, but it was uh, it was switched off. I don't know. I didn't touch it, but we should be... Somebody, uh, should somebody be. must have been talking about something inappropriate. Can you believe that? <laughs> That's probably what happened. Somebody was talking about something inappropriate, and they had, to, they had to put that off. I can't imagine that happening on this show. Kyle says, thanks for the Utah pick, Brian. And Brandon, that's where yeah. that's where I want to start with this game uh, last night. So there are a lot of people that are blaming Graham Mertz, and I think that is a, a gross oversimplification of why Florida lost last night. He honestly wasn't that bad. Thirty-one of forty-four for three thirty-three, a touchdown and a pick. Now he's not why they won the game. Don't get don't get me wrong. He didn't elevate his team to the point where he could lead them to victory. But he wasn't bad. The, the reason why Florida lost last night is, is is kind of shocking to me. It was m- mental stuff. And if you're a Florida fan, I don't know how many of those are out there listening to this show right now. You hope that that is stuff that is correctable. But an embarrassing amount of mental mistakes for the Gators last night. You had on the opening possession of the game, third and one, false start, third and six, don't get it. You're you're down seven to three, you're driving, you got a fourth and one, it's a really nice drive, you've got momentum, false start. Backs you up to fourth and six, you kick a field goal, you miss it. Your defense settles in a little bit. You're starting to play better. You get off the field on a, on a third down, you're getting the ball back, and on a punt... You have two number threes on the field at the same time. First down, Utah. They turn that into a touchdown. Time and time and time again last night, Florida beat itself. They looked sloppy. They looked disorganized. And most importantly, they looked poorly coached. And I was really surprised that they looked that disorganized and sloppy and poorly coached last night. That many pre-snap penalties is a huge, huge red flag. Uh, you know, I go back to uh, Joe Moorhead here at Mississippi State and that Kentucky game where they went on the road, and I think they had 16 penalties in that game, and the majority of them were pre-snap penalties. That's just poor coaching. There, there's no getting around that. That's, that's, that's what that is. So, you know, especially for Napier being a Saban guy coming from that system and, and all that, very surprising to see how disorganized his team was. But to, to, to sort of disagree with you a little bit, I mean, the University of Florida, I think you said this on Twitter too, the University of Florida couldn't get a better quarterback in there than Graham Mark. The yeah. University of Florida, three Heisman Trophy winners and, and numerous all-SEC quarterbacks and all-American quarterbacks through the years, and and that was the really the best that they could get. And was there were a guy really who, good the options way, in the portal too. There were good ones out there available. They had one committed as well, but apparently, you know, thirteen, eight million dollars, whatever it was, is too much. Thirteen, uh, whatever it was, and, and you know, not to mention that you know, when you've watched Napier in the past, his system is kind of a you know quarterback run kind of system, and likes to run some zone read, and that is not what Graham Mertz is at all. So, just an awful fit. This is something we saw last night, not only in this game, but in the Georgia Tech or the Georgia Tech, the Nebraska. Minnesota game with Jeff Sims. If you're not good at Wisconsin, if you're not good at Georgia Tech, why are you going to be good at Florida and
at Florida and Nebraska. Hey, Dad, we uh, we, we lost power on you. You can't hear me. Um, it is back now. Hey, you got to reconnect. I don't. You, can you read my lips? You got to reconnect. You have to reconnect. I am trying to do sign language, and I don't know sign language. Uh, so hopefully he he figures that out. But and that, that is a good point, though. Uh, uh, did I did I just back. cut off in the middle? Yeah, we lost power right. for a second. You're back. So I was trying to do sign language. What is going on, uh, man? Uh, That's I don't the know. Friday before. Friday before we, football. Is Billy Napier taking over? Apparently. What's going on here? We're disorganized. We got pre-snap penalties. We got what's going on here? This is the Friday before the season starts. We need to be in full full gear. I was I honestly thought you were the one who I couldn't hear. No. I kept talking for a good 60 seconds, just like, I was like, oh, Borky can't hear me. All right, well, I'll just keep talking and blah, blah, blah. And then I looked, I was like, no, you idiot. It's you that can't talk. What is wrong with us? <laughs> hey, we're live, so you guys I just got a text. know out He's there. telling you to reconnect. Yes, I know now, yes. <laughs> like, I looked and I was like, oh, I'm the one. Yeah. It's, it's me. So I literally spent 60 seconds just going... Okay, so Borky's not there, but don't worry about it. We'll get through this. And no, no, no. Looks sloppy and terrible. All right. Pre-snap penalties, and also Trevor Etienne had 25 yards rushing. So not only yeah. were they bad at the stuff that um, is all mental, like, like it does not require the the things that Florida did poorly last night. Mostly, does not require an ounce of talent to be good at. Organization, pre-snap penalties, timing, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Making a 33-yard yeah. field goal to, to cut the game to one point early in the first half when your defense is settled in. Stuff like that. But they got whooped oh. up front. They got absolutely whooped up front last night. Three first-half sacks, too, for, for Utah's defense. Down players. That wasn't them at full strength defensively. Now, you know, we've been doing numbers this whole this this past few weeks, right? You know, getting closer to kickoff, blah blah. blah. Here's the number now: thirty one point nine million. That is Billy Napier's buyout. So, Gator fans, time to start, uh, you know, spending less at Publix and more more to your your Gator. That what is? I don't even know what it's called because they're going to need the funds. Because, and I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, I'll be surprised if Scott Strickland survives this as well. The man has made this will be. They're not going to let him make a third hire, are they? But Mullen didn't work in, out. Napier's issues. not working out. Oh, they do, but this is one of those things where you're just like, well, somebody's going to have to float the money for this. Can you come because up with $31 million? And, and Plus whatever you're going to owe Strickland, probably a couple mil there. And they've become a coaching graveyard. And with seemingly unrealistic expectations. I know Mullen's recruiting was, was an issue, but he goes to three straight access bowls, one bad season, he's gone. But this would be... Yeah. Their sixth coaching search since 2005. Yeah. I'm telling you what they've got to do. They got to go big with this next one. They got to get a proven winning Power Five head coach but from somebody. They They're going to have to pay them. I don't know the answer to that question. That's not my job to know their financials. But I'm just telling you right now, they need to get a real coach in there, a real winning Head coach. They cannot take chances on group of five coordinators. They got to get somebody who's one big elsewhere. But haven't they done that? I, I, I'm wondering. Part of me is wondering if the job's not that good. If they've had success because they had two of the best coaches in modern college football, and Spurrier and even Urban Meyer being a 
piece of you-know-what, but still, great coach. We'll pick this up when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, hopefully we will be back when uh, when we come back. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. The volume of Kiffin to Florida text we got during that break is something. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I do know that if we get into late October and Florida is struggling, that's going to become a distraction. I know that. People are, are going to, yeah. Think, yeah. And that that's going to be one where if I'm Keith Carter, I'm going to be like, we're paying you $9 million a year. You put out a statement today saying not interested. Yeah. It's, it can't go down like it did last year. No, we can. We, you cannot have that again if you're Ole Miss. Mm-mm. No, but uh, there's like, a lot. Like, and, and, yeah, Carter, Carter can just tell him, like, look, at the end of the season, if you decide to to go back on that and go to Florida, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, Saban did. But you're putting a statement out today. You're putting out a statement today that says, "Not interested. I'm committed to Ole Miss and the future yeah. here." And no, no vagueness, no ambiguity, nothing. Right. Firm. Yeah. There's there's some wishful thinking and also uh, some some doomsday in some of these messages. It's state fans hoping and Ole Miss fans not hoping. But hey, guys, uh, yeah. enjoy the football. Just just enjoy the football for now. You don't yeah. have to you don't have to do that. I mean, state fans are going to troll when it comes to stuff like this. But for the concerned Ole Miss fan, enjoy football. You don't have to think about that right now. $31 million is a lot of money that they may not be willing to spend. I mean, who knows? Florida cleans it up. I don't know. It, it's just not worth your mental energy right now. Other ga- or Should we stick with this for a little sure. bit longer or move on to the other games? I, I mean, there's so much to take away, That's but it, it's, it's all kind of the same. It's like they played really poorly. How on earth? We, we got this message earlier. How on earth, when you consider the amount of money that is spent on coaches and staffers that were on that sideline, how on earth were two number threes on the field at the same time in the first game on a punt return? How does that happen? And it swung the game. You got off the field, you were getting the ball back. It was a one-score game, and then you do that, and Utah immediately scores a touchdown, and it was so deflating for Florida after that. How do you do that? Poor coaching. There's no other way way around that. And there's a a screenshot going around of a field goal where Florida had like eight guys on the field. I don't know if that's accurate or not. So I think it ended up being nine. But one was running off the field to count as nine. The, the 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 special teams coaching is just horrendous. I don't know who their special teams coach is, but I mean that's somebody who could be a mid season sacrifice if that kind of thing continues. You can't have that. You just can't. So yeah, for Florida, you have that. And then on the other side of of, of college football last night, you know, I made this comment last year, and I'm going to stay with it. Sometimes you just don't know how to win. And when you see a team like Nebraska that just consistently loses close game after close game, they just don't know how to win anymore. And Matt Rule's a good coach, but that's a tough thing to overcome. It's one of those things, and somebody made a good point. 
I forget who it was, but they said, you know, the regression to the mean will eventually come, right? And they'll start winning games again. Yeah. But their their record in one loss and one score games is unbelievable. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, is it as 15 soon as straight losses in one score games, I think. Something like that. And it's like as soon as as soon as Minnesota scored to tie the game, I I knew they were going to to win the game. So there's just no way around this. Minnesota's going to win this game on one of the most incredible, one of the most incredible catches I've seen. But and this is going to surprise you coming from me. One of the best officiating jobs I've ever seen. Yeah, that was because a great I'm call. watching that that catch. I'm watching that catch, and I'm like, "There's no way he got in." And they call touchdown. I was like, "This is getting overturned." And then I see the replay. And I'm like, "That's a good spot by the official." So good job, whoever the uh, the side judge is there. Because he got that toe down, and an, what an incredible catch! And then Nebraska does what they do: they turn the ball over, they give up the uh, the, the the drive, and they get the field goal. That that field goal would have been good from about sixty. It looked like it was a bomb. And Minnesota gets the win, and they're one and zero. And Nebraska's zero and one, and they still have the same questions they've had for the last four or five years. Jeff Sims, you said it. The Georgia Tech transfer. I mean, good athlete can run a little bit, but. At no point did he ever, at Georgia Tech, show you, hey, he can beat people with his arm. Three interceptions yeah. last night. There there will be high school football games in Mississippi tonight that will have better quarterback play than what you saw uh, in Minneapolis last night. Kalak Manis, or however you say it, Kaliak Manis, he's Greek. Will might be able to help us with the pronunciation, but Kalak Manis was... Yeah. Horrendous and Sims obviously equally as horrendous. It was an entertaining game at the end, but my goodness, quarterback play in that one. Whew. Uh, and neither one of those teams are, are winning a, whole, a high volume of games this year. And Minnesota had some elevated preseason expectations. Uh uh-uh, uh, not happening. No, probably not, but they, they'll, they'll, I bet they'll be a bowl team again. Probably. You watch any other game last night? Did you check out Missouri at all? Couple seconds of that, not really. Couple minutes of why I, I decided to listen to our buddy, and a few minutes of uh, of UAB uh, North Carolina A and T. But no, I was when I got home, I, I was locked in on Florida, obviously because of our wager. You know, when they were had that last drive cooking, I was just like, I swear, if they get this backdoor cover, I swear. I'm going to be so mad. Thankfully, they, Utah stepped up and got that, and then immediately was was locked in on the few, final few minutes of uh, Minnesota. And uh, I thought Minnesota and Nebraska was on the Big Ten Network, so I wasn't really paying attention. And then I saw somebody say something about Fox. I was like, "Oh no, it's on there! I could have been watching that the whole time." And there you go. Eli Drinkwitz after the game last oh, night. Oh my gosh. He's he's one of the most awkward human beings ever. Guys, and I'm not kidding you when I say this. So Brady Cook is quarterback. As he was complimenting Brady Cook, he said, you know, he he has a girlfriend, but when my daughters turn 18, I hope he would want to date them. No, no. No, no. What, What he said was, if if my da- I would hook him up with my daughter if she was eighteen. That's what he said. And look, uh, I see what you, here's where he's trying to go. Right, he's trying to say he's the kind of kid you'd like your daughter to bring home. Yes. All right. That's the saying. 
That's the colloquialism. That's what you're supposed to say. But instead, he turns it and makes it incredibly creepy. I'm telling you, Drinkwitz is one of the most awkward people in college football. I don't know what else to say besides, like, Eli. I mean, we've all we've all said thing, said things we want back, but I, I have a yeah. feeling that he got home and pulled out his phone and had a few text messages, and then realized what he said, and now really wants to take that back. Yeah. Well, you can't. And uh, in this day and age, uh, once you say it, once that, once it, once it leaves your mouth, it's out there forever. It's out there. There's no getting it back. Yeah. So they uh I mean, just, they were okay it just, last just, night. Yeah. Thirty five I mean, ten over they, South yeah. Dakota. That's 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 a little that's a little red flaggy. And a thirty five is not a lot of points on an FCS team. No. Especially with the like to be in the forties and all yeah, of that. You would think. NC State UConn did get squirrely last night. Like we kind of thought that they would. There was a uh, a scary injury situation for an NC State player. His name's escaping me. Please forgive me, but he is okay. Uh, I believe was released from the hospital today, but had to. Um, it was actually a late hit. Honestly, um, a, a late hit where he landed in such a way uh, after the hit, and and they had to strap him to a spine board and all that. Um, that's when I flipped on the game, honestly. is I pulled out my score app, and I was like, oh, it is close. Let me watch it. And that's what the first thing I saw when I pulled the game up was uh, was that. But apparently he's okay. NC State gets a 10-point win. Not exactly an inspiring win, though. I mean, it's not a particularly good UConn program. 24-10 to right. was the final. We knew that was going to be close, though. Yeah. I mean, UConn last year was a much-improved program under our, our good friend Jim Mora, Jr., and, and and you know they're they're going to be a, a thorn in some team sides this year, but North Carolina State obviously had had enough juice in the tank uh, to get the win. And and I mean yeah, tough game. That's the kind of game you want to start your season, right? You're going to win, but they're going to make it interesting. That gives you a lot to work with if you're a coach the next week. That gives you a lot you can put on film and and you know see yourself succeeding against a reasonable opponent. Jim Mora Jr. By the way, uh, the funniest mm-hmm. thing about his career is when he gets fired, he's done this multiple times now, uh, and, and he gets his buyout in annual installments after the termination. So he receives his buyout, and he gets this many million a year, like doesn't change the contract, doesn't take $30 million right now to go away. He takes it over. Right. Once that ends, that's when he gets a new job. And he's done it multiple times. He has waited until his, co- smart. Until his buyout has ended, even though it's fully guaranteed, like he could get a new job and still get that buyout money, he has just lived happily off of his buyout. And then when that ends, he goes and gets uh, another job. He's done that. I think this is the, the the second time he's done that before he took the UConn job. Uh, funny stuff. But yeah, football last night, interesting uh, for sure uh, around the landscape. We'll talk high school football coming up tonight when we come back. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. There it is. 
It's like, are we doing a cold open here? Apparently it's like the so. office. Uh, Southern Miss bites on there. Just uh, wanted to take its time, I guess. So we got a couple of questions, and then we'll get to some high school football. Number one, uh, where's Richard been? So last night, he was calling the UAB-NCANT game. It was not a particularly close game. However, I didn't watch. Hey, Dad did. He's a better friend than I. Uh, but there is a video <laughs> of Richard's uh, color analyst, I-, I mean, just scarfing down a hot dog. And Richard is looking at him like, are, are, we, are we doing this right now? <laughs> and Richard's seen me eat. So, I mean, whoa, how, how, what was that guy doing? Richard's expression is just hilarious. It's, it's one of it's like, disbelief. <laughs> yeah. Dismay and disbelief. Yes, dismay and disbelief. He's uh, he's supposed to join. He would have joined us by now uh, from uh, his hotel in Nashville because he's calling Vanderbilt and Alabama A and M tomorrow. Right, that's their opponent, I believe. Correct, correct. And the correct. hotel doesn't have his room ready yet. Oh, so he's sitting in a lobby at, with at radio three thirty eight at three like, o'clock in the afternoon, not ready. And so he's got his equipment ready the second they can actually let him in his room. Like the I stadium, told him not, not to ready. stay at the no. I told him not to stay at the no tell motel down there in uh in Jack in Nashville, but he he couldn't resist. So I guess he interviewed Clark Lee earlier, right? Must have. Yeah, I told him must to, have. I, yeah, I, I talked to Richard earlier and I said, ask Clark Lee if he has eyebrows because I've never been able to see his eyebrows. Does he have any hair on his <laughs> head whatsoever? You can't tell. You guys ever he's watch clean. Barry? You ever seen the show Barry? Uh-uh. Oh, Is he no, no ho He's Hank? He's no ho Hank. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other question was, how can I watch the Ole Miss game this weekend? Uh, if you ha- if you ever watch baseball, if you ever watch baseball on that same platform, you don't have to pay for anything. It says ESPN Plus. That is an addition. If you watch baseball, how you watch baseball is how you can get the Ole Miss game this weekend. SEC Network Plus, it will be there for you. If you watch the non-conference basketball games, same thing. Uh, it is all there for you. But now we'll turn the page. High school football. Will East is with us right now. And uh, where should we st- I actually want to start in my backyard. All right. Because I think I'm going uh, tonight. Had such a good time for a half with the little guy at the Madison Central game last week. Feels yes. like a really big one uh, tonight there. At yeah, the jungle is what they call it. It's the biggest 7A game tonight. Uh, yeah, that was a crazy ending last week against Ocean Springs. So Madison Central, if you didn't catch the end of it, it was wild. They had like a safety at the very – in the last two minutes they had a safety. Uh, Madison Central's kicker got three attempts to make the field goal. He made the third one. I think he made one of the other ones, but it was called back because of a penalty or because of a timeout. Anyway, they uh, survived. They beat uh, Ocean Springs last week 15-14. to 14. Tonight – the Brandon Bulldogs come to town. So Brandon is uh, coming off a kind of a, a a frustrating loss against Picayune last week. You know, Brandon is supposed to have this high-powered, you know, hurry-up style, kind of like college-type offense. And last week against Picayune, they just could not get anything done. They, they scored 21 points, but two of those touchdowns came late in the fourth quarter when the game was already decided pretty much. So... Uh, Brandon's got to get back on a roll right now. Um, and the thing about Madison Central is they have a very good defense this year. I don't know about their quarterback situation because they've been splitting time between two quarterbacks, but defensively they're looking pretty good. But that's the big 7A game that's going on tonight in the jungle, Madison Central taking on Brandon. It is rivalry week, though. We have a ton of rivalry games tonight. The 
the, the most storied rivalry in all of, and I think in all of Mississippi high school football is is Hattiesburg and Laurel. This is the 102nd edition of this game. It is as even as you could ask for. So all time, including playoff games, it's 50, 50, and 5. Okay? Pretty even. You add up all the points that they've scored, all the points that Hattiesburg has scored in those years, all the points that Laurel has scored in those years, there is a differential of two points. That's it. And since they've been playing this game, two-point difference. That's it. So that's going on. Little Brown Jug, Battle for the Little Brown Jug between Hattiesburg and Laurel. Then in Simpson County, we have the Simpson County Super Bowl happening tonight, which is another series that's been really close. I don't get, know if you guys have ever been to the Simpson County Super Bowl, but in the week before, so like the week leading up to it, they do a funeral um both, I think both sides do a funeral for the other team. They like literally get a funeral home <laughs> to help them. They like have a hearse and all this kind of stuff. So it's really fun. So we have that rivalry game. We've got some others. We got the Joe Bowl between uh, Faulkner and um, um, Walnut, and then of course we have one of my favorites, all-time favorites. It's the Skunk Bowl between Boonville and Baldwin. And yes, I will be it's kinda like the the night before Christmas. You know how grandpa sits down every year and tells the night before Christmas. <laughs> I'm gonna tell the yes. night of the skunk bowl, the night that the skunk bowl was born, the night that the skunk ran through the stands at uh, Baldwin's Latimer Park. Are you saying something? Hey Dad? Oh, do we have the audio? I thought we had the audio. I don't have the audio. Too. I'm going to play, play it later. I'm going to play it later, but i got the audio okay. of, of the I – w- I was on the air that night. I remember the night that that happened. It it was like people were calling each other, you know, like, did you hear what happened at the ball? What, what, what game? Anyway, it made sports centers, like, not top ten. It made Good Morning America. It made the uh, – what was that? Uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, all that stuff. So, yes, yeah, so a lot of rivalry games tonight. Startville and West Point is another huge, huge game that's happening tonight. This is one of my favorites. Uh, hey, Dad, I know that you probably enjoy it as well. Uh, 18 state championship between these two teams, uh, Startville and West Point, and – Startville got off to a really slow start last week. They were down twelve to nothing before people had even found their seats uh, against Knoxville County. And then it's like the the giant had awoken, and then Trey Petty and crew just went off. They scored forty two unanswered points to win that game last week. West Point, meanwhile, just did not look like West Point last week. They could not win at the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball. They we're trying to throw the ball a lot more than what West Point is typically doing. They scored only one touchdown in that game. They lost to um, defending 4A state champ Louisville. So kind of a weird start for West Point. Now, remember, they started off 0-2 last year and then went up to the, the 5A state championship once again for the seventh year in a row. So, you know, who knows what the you know long-term prospects of this are going to mean. But Startville and West Point tonight, that's always a really interesting and fun one. Uh, some other games that we have across the board, Oxford and South Panola. Um, Oxford's, I think Oxford's going to be sneaky good this year, but Oxford has something I've never, ever, ever, ever seen before in a football team. They have two quarterbacks. They're splitting reps, alternating series. One guy's name is Peter Grangine. The other quarterback's name is Mitchell Grangine. They're brothers. Brothers nice. splitting time at quarterback for the Oxford Chargers. I've never seen that before. 
I've seen you know brothers on the same team, obviously, in a small town, but never brothers <laughs> splitting time at quarterback. So uh, Oxford and, and South Panola tonight is going to be interesting. Uh, some of the other games that we have, Warren Central at Pearl. Warren Central had a big win against Clinton last week. Uh, Pearl also had a win last week. And then you've got Northwest Rankin at Clinton. And um, let's see, some of the other games going on. Scott Central at Tylertown will be a good one. You know, Scott Central just has been dominant in 2A football the past couple of years, and Tyler Town's a traditional powerhouse. So um, big night of high school football all across the land. And it's like I said, it's we have a lot of rivalry games uh, this week. We're going to have some more next week. But uh, it's getting back in the full swing of things. And tonight, everybody will be pleased because all the games start at 7. Okay, none of this 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock. All the games, as far as I know, are starting at 7. I haven't heard of any games that are kicking off later than what can be expected because the temperatures are down a little bit compared to last week, so very fun. I think the only area of the state you didn't just cover in that answer is the coast. Are there any big games down there tonight? I haven't really uh, – you know, Picayune is playing one of the more interesting games tonight because they are playing Catholic High out of Baton Rouge, who is one of the That's top a power ra- in Louisiana. Yeah, they're one of the top ranked Louisiana teams. So they're pl- and they haven't played yet this year, so it's a little bit unknown. Picayune, of course, beating Brandon last week. Uh, Chris Davis, the running back for Brandon, forty-four carries, I believe, two hundred and twenty-five from yards from Picayune. Uh, and a couple yeah. touchdowns, so pretty big night for him. Yeah. And then another big out-of-state matchup that we have tonight, and that is Oak Grove is traveling over to Alabama to play Hoover. They're going to be playing Hoover, of course, who is a traditional powerhouse in the Alabama uh, high school football system. So be rooting for your your even if you're not a even if you're a pedal person, okay. Be rooting for Oak Grove tonight as they go out of state to represent our state uh, over in Alabama. Kelso wants to know where the heck Scotlandville is. Scotlandville? Did I say Scotland? It's in Louisiana. No, but it's, I mean, it's it's in Louisiana. It's 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 a suburb of Baton Rouge. Oh, is that where Catholic High is? Might be, yeah. Uh, we've got a few questions on the text line. We'll get to, to some of those when we come back. Talk a little more high school football with you, Will East, in the studio with us. I'm I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. That's uh, uh apparently they're playing Ocean Springs tonight. That's why Kelso uh, wanted to know uh, our friend down there uh, on the coast, Scotlandville. Um, I wonder if they paint instead of eye black, it's blue stripes across <laughs> their face. Eh. Nah. No. Ah, I tried. I- I'm still working on dad jokes. Anyway, we'll be right back. More high school football with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Will East still in the studio with us talking high school football. Sean gets us started on the text line. He just wants to give a shout-out to Amory. Beating Saltillo 51-19 last night on the uh, blue turf there in Tupelo, he says. 
Well, yeah, because of the tornadoes in um, uh, in Amory a, a couple months ago, they are playing on the blue turf of Tupelo. Uh, that's got to be interesting because Amory's colors are gold and black, and they usually wear these black uniforms, and they're having to play on that blue turf, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen it in person. But I had a friend of mine who was there at the opening ceremony when they opened that field, and he said a bird flew directly <laughs> into the field and hit its head because he thought it was a water. <laughs> it happens at Boise a lot. Yeah, I bet but they, it does. They, a lot of ducks, you know, meet their meet their maker there at yeah. the uh, at Boise's field. What, what happens to the red will, turf in know, Eastern Washington? I wonder. What is there's gray, right? Eastern Washington's red. No, Central Arkansas red. is gray and Ugh. purple alternating. So is Eastern Michigan. Eastern, Eastern Michigan Michigan's has gray. gray. That's right. Yeah. How do you, I yeah. can't. Horrible. It gives me a headache to oh, watch yeah. those. Well, when we do this show on Monday, we're going to overreact to some things that we saw in college football. What, what's right. your biggest overreaction from week one of high school football? Uh, I think Brandon struggling to score at home. Uh, that's a big overreaction. Uh, a lot of people I saw, you know, the text line and other places. Well, Brandon, you know, they their offense isn't the same this year because they lost. Uh, I believe uh, Jamont Durr, I believe the kid's name was. Now Nate, Nate Blunt is the main running back there for Brandon. But the answer is to that. My my reaction would be, well, Pickyune's defense is amazing. Pickyune, the thing is, they're, the thing that gets all the headlines is their running backs. You know, last year it was uh, the kid who's now at Oregon, um, Dante Dowdle, and this year it's Chris Davis. He had 44 carries last week. They, they get all the headlines, but in reality, if you go back and look at all the scores, you know, they're allowing like seven points a game. I think, I think they averaged like seven points a game in re- the regular season last year, and they, a lot of those kids were brought back this year. They have a four-star defensive end who's committed to Florida, whose name escapes me. Um, so I think it was a lot more of Picayune's defense versus Brandon's offense. Now, did Brandon's offense? They had some issues. They just didn't look like they were in sync at times. They just, I don't know that they just didn't seem to get going, but. Uh, Pickyum just has an incredible defense. The other big reaction I saw was West Point losing uh, to Louisville. Louisville's a smaller school. They're a 4A school versus a 5A school. But remember, West Point lost this game last year and still made it to the 5A state championship. In fact, West Point has lost their home opener, including a COVID forfeit, four years in a row. All four years, they ended up in a state championship game. You know, these non-regional games, we get excited about them because it's the beginning of the season, and we think if this team loses or this team wins, you know, that's going to set the tone for the rest of the season. But high school football is such a different animal because the regional games are what count towards the playoffs. Knoxabee County is a prime example of this. They play a very tough non-regional schedule. They'll play a West Point, Startville, Louisville. And you, you know, a lot of years because they're the smaller school, those will be losses. Not all the time, but some of the time, those will be losses. They might start the season two and three, but then they hit the regional games. They win all of those, and then they make a deep playoff run. It's exactly what they did last year. That happens all the time in high school football. So a lot of when you start seeing these reactions, people on Twitter and stuff saying, "Oh, they suck this year." You got to give it time. It's not like the college game where one or two losses and you're out of the playoff hunt. Um, or one loss, I guess, you're out of the playoff hunt. In high school football, it's all about those regional games. These other games, in reality, they're just for bragging. Now, the bragging is important, uh, especially in these rivalry games, but 
they are just for bragging. They don't count towards the playoffs. Uh, our friend Caleb in Starkville points out that uh, we've got MRA taking on Pulaski Academy from Arkansas. Of course, they're the famous uh, never punt, always onside kick team. Are there any other games in the Academy ranks tonight that we should be watching? Uh, that's the big one, I would say, because MRA is undefeated, and they played a team out of Louisiana last. I think they played Oak Forest last week and, and beat up on them pretty well. In Pulaski Academy, is that where Bo Wallace went to school? Am I think so. He's I, from Pulaski. He's from Pulaski. It might be. Yeah, their, their coach was the one who went to Presbyterian, but it didn't work out for him there. Yeah, he flamed but out quickly. In high there school, too. he was really, really. I mean, like I said, he never punts and he always onside kicks. That's Goes great. for it on every fourth down, too. Yeah. That's great. Uh, some of the smaller schools, I'll say this uh, we have some interesting games uh, in the smaller schools. Um, Hartfield Academy will play Cathedral. I know you're interested in that one there, uh, Brian Haydad. Um, always interested. I'm, in that. I'm totally, I'm totally out of it on that. <laughs> uh, Knoxville County punching above their weight. They're going to be playing Columbus tonight. Uh, Knoxville County, even though they lost that game last week against Startville, again they will start the season two and three almost every single year, and then run the table and uh, end up in a state championship. Columbus game. isn't exactly. I mean, there may be a seven A school, but that's not exactly a powerhouse. I know either. exactly. Free game show starting right after we get off the air at six p.m. and then scoreboard show tonight. Tonight at ten. That's right. All right. Thank you. Yes, so sir. Much for your time. High school football coming up tonight across the state of Mississippi. I, I've been adjusting the uh, the stream here because I think uh, there's a guy that connected to the show that you may, you may or may not recognize. His name is Richard Cross. He'll join us next. Oh. Uh, when we come back at the Pearl River Resort Studio. High school football on a Friday. We'll be back. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. afternoon with you. It is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Good to be back with you for a couple of hours to finish up the show this afternoon. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross, coming to you as always from the Pearl River Resort Studios. It is time for us to go to the Farm Bureau guest line, and we are going to wear the Farm Bureau guest line out in this 4 o'clock hour. We start things off with Olin Buchanan from Texags as we finish our final preview of the SEC teams leading up to kickoff. And, of course, talking here about Texas A&M. Olin, great to catch up with you. Happy football season. Uh, yeah, well, let's hope it's a happy football season, at least for Texas A&M. It's got to be happier than it was last year, but uh, uh, I like their chances of getting off to a good start. Certainly so. New Mexico tomorrow night, it is going to be 101 degrees at kickoff, but uh, I would imagine, as most places, a lot of excitement for the uh, for the season opener. Aggies go on the road in Week 2 to Miami, so that'll be a different kind of heat in, uh, in Week 2. You know, there's so much talk about Texas A&M, and, and we'll play the hits, I guess. I mean, we'll talk about Bobby Petrino and Jimbo and all of those things. But I wanted to start here. What does the loss of Devin A. Chain mean to this team? A guy that rushed for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns, had three receiving touchdowns, and, and really had been a dynamic part of the offense for the last few years. Uh, yeah, um, 
It sure would have been nice if he would have come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. They feel like they have some really good running backs. They're not going to be as good at running back, uh, you know, as they were with Devin uh, or Devon. They're just not. Uh, Amari Daniels, nice back. Le'Veon Moss, a big old kid. Ruben Owens was, uh, by some recruiting services, the number one running prospect, a five-star guy. But Devon was special. And um, so they're not going to be as good as running back, but maybe they don't have to be. You know, they the offense pretty much was Devon. Uh, yeah. With uh, Bobby Petrino's influence and the, and the receivers that they have, you know, maybe um, – they won't have to rely on the running back as much as they did uh, Devon. So so let's talk a little bit about Bobby Petrino. He's been successful as a, a play caller everywhere he's been. Most of those places, at least in the last decade and a half or so, it's been as head coach. But if you think about his time at Louisville, they were really, really good. They were exceptional offensively. Same thing at Arkansas. He got the Razorbacks going in a way that they had not been. Uh, Missouri State most recently, that was a dynamic offense that, that gave people fits every time they played. Are we going to see... That version of Bobby Petrino's offense with Texas A&M with Connor Wegman as the uh, the trigger man. Uh, I know the Aggies certainly hope so. Um, you know, again, you can play with numbers all you want. Uh, last year, if A&M scores one more touchdown a game, they're ten and two. Uh, they brought in Bobby to try to get at least that one extra touchdown, and and if he has the kind of success that he had at Arkansas or Louisville, I think that, uh, you know, they could expect even more than that, or they could get at least more than that. I think, I want to be very careful the way I say this, I think from the entire unit of, of all 11 guys on offense, he may have more talent to work with than he's ever had before. I'm not saying that Connor Wigman's Lamar Jackson and, you know, or even uh, Ryan Mallett, but I, I, I think just Overall, uh, he has a lot of talent to work with, and, and especially at receiver, maybe more than he's ever had. Olin, maybe the most talked about offseason storyline has been what it's going to be like in terms of the relationship between Bobby Petrino and, and Jimbo Fisher, and maybe to some degree that's been overblown. Both of them, over the last few weeks, maybe the last couple of months, have kind of said the right things, especially when Bobby Petrino stood behind the podium and he said, look, he's the boss, and, and it's my job to please the boss. What happens though when when it gets to a uh, to a crucial third down and it's late in the game and it's a one score game and Bobby Petrino wants to go one direction and maybe that's not what Jimbo would have done in the past? How does that situation play out if you look into your crystal ball? Well, you know that's what we're going to find out. I, um, you know, no matter how good your offensive coordinator is, your head coach has some input and veto power. And sometimes you wish he would use that veto power. Mm. You know, uh, I, I was in, uh, I was in Pasadena, California one night when A&M had a 34 point lead and you would have, you would have preferred your head coach get on that headset and tell his uh, offense coordinator stop throwing uh, <laughs> and they end up losing. Right. So sometimes, yeah. but, um, you know, that's the, I guess that's the $72 million question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's kind of numbers we're talking about with Jimbo if you had to buy him out. Um, I know that you bring in a guy like Bobby Petrino and not let him run his uh, offense call the plays that he wants to call. Now, maybe that'll be the case. 
But just from my standpoint, I don't know anything. You know, I don't have any inside information on this. Nobody does. Uh, if if Bobby, I mean, I'm sorry, if Jimbo had brought in a guy like uh, Garrett Riley, I would be more. I, I would think he'd be more inclined to uh, uh, to to take some of that control away from him, uh, being a younger guy and things like that. But I, I think you know, with your contemporaries, you probably have more innate respect. But uh, again, this is all just trying to you know grasp at straws here. We won't know until they're actually in that situation. I kind of think he'll let Bobby, uh, you know, call the place that he wants to call. Now, I think he might say, hey, we need to run here. But beyond that input, I, I think Bobby's going to have all that uh, control. But, again, um, you never know. And I, I think it, I can understand why people say it's going to be hard for – how some people say it's going to be hard for Jimbo to give up that control because he's always had it. You know, one of the things that I'm really interested to see is is how they handle fourth downs and and how aggressive they are on fourth down. Because I mean, you you watched. I think specifically about the 2021 game in Oxford when Texas A&M and, and Ole Miss were in a tight ball game. It was a game that Ole Miss won by ten. But as you watched that, it was like if Ole Miss got a stop on third down to make it say fourth and two or fourth and one or fourth and three. There are a lot of teams that would would still go for it, even maybe on the minus side of the field. And you knew that was an automatic punt for, for Jimbo because that's kind of the way, kind of played it by the book. I, I'll be interested to see if they're more aggressive situationally, especially on fourth downs, than, than maybe they've been traditionally. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because last year you'll remember that Ole Miss faked a punt on fourth and four at its own, I think, 16-yard line and got it, and A&M had a fourth and one at midfield and punted. So you're right. Yeah. Hopefully they'll have uh, uh, they'll let uh, Bobby have more uh, more say in those matters, and I think Bobby may have a little more intestinal fortitude for those kind of situations. All right, talk to me a little bit about Connor Wegman. I, I thought when we saw him a year ago, he at, at, at times flashed, and you thought, man, there's a lot of potential here because the skill set is really good. It's a big arm. He's a big kid. It, it, it seems like he's got a little bit of it factor, but he was really young, and so there were there were ups and downs. What do you anticipate seeing with, with Wegman in, in terms of his development from, from year one and kind of getting his feet wet but doing it at a really high level to, to year two where he's got some more experience and he is unquestionably the guy? Well, I think uh, I expect him to be better uh, than he was last year. The question is how much better, but there's no doubt about his, his arm talent. He, like, he, he doesn't mind pulling the ball and running with it, and uh, quite frankly, he will um, – He'll take chances, and uh, and I like that. Um, I I don't know when it will be, but I I feel that he's going to be A&M's best quarterback since Johnny Manziel. Uh, now, I've said this before, it's not like that sets the bar real high because quarterback play here has been spotty at best. But, uh, I mean, Kellen Mond had one really good season. He wasn't bad when he wasn't turning the ball over but he turned it over a lot. Uh, Trevor Knight was here for one year, and he got hurt, so we didn't get to see a whole lot of him. But um, but I just think there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of talent there. I do think there's the it factor. I don't think he plays scared. Uh, and he, he really is accurate. I don't know if you saw the game against LSU last year, 
where he threw yeah. a touchdown pass with a one-handed catch to Moose Muhammad. But it was a great catch, but the ball couldn't have been placed any better between two uh, defenders. So um, I, th- there's an awful lot of, of optimism surrounding Connor Wigman and a lot of uh, the possibilities that, you know, maybe he's going to be that answer that they haven't had a quarterback around here for a while. Olin, we've got hard time breaks. Only 30 seconds left. Um, give me the game that you think could be a swing game on the schedule this year for Texas A&M. Well, thank goodness they don't have to go to Starkville because uh, typically <laughs> if they have to go there, that's the, that, that's the game that decides where A&M is going. Uh, Arkansas is always important, and it's always a really uh, a, a really tight game. But, you know, it might be Tennessee. If you can get off to a fast start, then you play Alabama in uh, week six. If you were to win it, hey, then you could be on your way maybe to the championship. If you lose it, you have Tennessee the next week, and you have that chance to bounce back. So if you bounce back, maybe you're right on track. If you don't, then uh, you wonder if, if, uh, if they're going to fade. Olin, always appreciate your time. Good catching up, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Have me. I appreciate it. That's Olin Buchanan from Texags joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. We're back right after this. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. On on a football Friday, high school football all across the state of Mississippi tonight. You've got some college football on your television, and then we roll into the first full weekend that got started last night of the college football season. That includes Southern Miss at home tomorrow night against Alcorn State in their season opener. Luke Johnson joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Luke, you will turn your attention to Southern Miss football tomorrow, but there is a pretty significant high school football game that you will be uh, on the broadcast for tonight. Yeah, I was driving through Laurel a few minutes ago, and people already tailgating for the Little Brown Jug game. I, I got it. I, I mistold you the other day. 102nd uh, meeting in the Little Brown Jug game. They played and a night dead even, late. right? Do what? And it's dead even, isn't it? So yeah, it's forty-eight, forty-eight, and five in Little Brown Jug games. They've also played one time in nineteen oh eight, not for the Jug, and they played three times in the playoffs. You take all those together, they're still tied at fifty, fifty, and five. And here's the the most interesting statistic: every game they've ever played, points for, points against. Laurel is only two points ahead of points scored against them with Hattiesburg. It's crazy. I mean, that's about as close as it can get. So what is this rivalry? Is this a, a fun rivalry? Is it a uh, respectful rivalry? Is it mean and ugly and nasty? How do you describe it? Yeah, I mean, it just goes through cycles. I mean, the last several years, they've been in the same you know, uh, region. And Hattiesburg went up to 6A with West Jones, and Laurel is no longer with South Jones, uh, even in 5A. And so... This game is nothing but pride in the jug, and that's why they're playing it again week two. And we've had so many great collegiate players played in this game. And so, yeah, right now, because partly because Ryan Ernest and, and Tony Vance are such good friends, same way with Todd Breland before Ernest took over, um, 
they they play you know classy with it. But I mean, fans get fired up, and a lot of people don't don't know this about it. They originally played it on Thanksgiving Day, long time ago. Junior mm-hmm. high would play in the morning. Everybody would eat lunch, and then the varsity would play in the afternoon. So uh, you're going all the way back to 1922. So it'll be a fun one for sure. I wonder if those those games post eating Thanksgiving lunch were a little more sluggish than uh, than what we see today. I mean, it's hard. I know people talk about tryptophan and everybody gets tired. I can't imagine eating a massive turkey and dressing meal with mac and cheese and mashed potatoes and maybe some green bean casserole and you know you get a slice of pumpkin pie and throw a couple of rolls on the plate. The whole deal, and then going and playing a high school football game two hours later. 1928, 1929, mm. uh, Hattiesburg beat Laurel 2 to nothing, and they tied 0-0 <laughs> the next year. So those were some intense, those were some intense pregame meals then. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So maybe that, uh, maybe that, that thought holds up. All right, let's, uh, let's turn the page to, uh, tomorrow. Southern Miss season opener, uh, against Alcorn State. I know we talked about this some earlier in the week, but, um, ro- rolling into this game, I want to be as respectful as I can when I say this. Does Southern Miss approach this game where they look at it as, hey, this is about us. This isn't necessarily about scheme for the opponent. I mean, obviously you game plan and you respect your opponent and all of those things. But ultimately, is this about Southern Miss doing what they do and trying to go out and execute and play well and play clean? Yeah, what, what Will told us earlier in the week and what he said, uh, th- this is a game where Southern Miss wants to be able to do whatever they want, whenever they want, whatever Alcorn gives them. And, and it's a test to be able to see um, if they can, you know, take advantage of situations. When, when Will Hall came in, he was very quick to define the word balance, not as a percentage of run and pass, but balance to Will Hall is doing what you want to do when you want to do it. And so I think that's that's the approach here is that, and to your point, it is let's take care of our business, but the question is the situations that were presented, the fronts were presented, the coverage were presented, uh, the formations uh, that we faced defensively that were presented, can we take advantage of those situations and make them positive outcomes for us? And I think that's what they're looking to do tomorrow. What are the questions for you that you want answers to? And I know to a, to a certain degree maybe you don't get all of the answers based on game one, but – uh, are there things that you are curious about going into the first game of the season that you think, hey, I, that's better than I had hoped, or ooh, that, there's some stuff to work on there? Yeah, I mean, I think from from a personnel perspective, um, what they're going to be able to do uh, up front on both sides of the ball, and again, you know, it, it'll be measured somewhat tomorrow, but this is an entirely new secondary. Um, how do they respond? Um, how do, how do we see glimpses of, uh, of Dre Clark and Kenyon Clay, um, helping supplementing what Frank Gore Jr. does? Uh, what's Billy Wiles' progression early on? You know, does he, does he always, you know, what, what is, how does he pick up things pre-snap? Uh, and, and I think kicking game because you're replacing your kicker and your punter. I think that's really important. We'll tell us this week. Uh, you know, to be a starter offensively and defensively on this team, on, on a team, you have to start in two phases of the, of the special teams for him. And I think, you know, I'll be interested to watch what they do special teams tomorrow, too, knowing that philosophy. 
Luke, when when you look around the Sun Belt this weekend, uh, there are some some fascinating matchups. Sun Belt teams against larger conference teams. Uh, one of those, and, and it's not necessarily much larger conference, is what's happening in New Orleans, where you've got South Alabama going to face Tulane in the uh, the opening game. Tulane's about a touchdown favorite, maybe six and a half. Do you think Tulane should be on upset alert as they face a, a team that won ten games a year ago and has its top three rushers and its starting quarterback back? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think that's a, a game, what, uh, Jags are six and a half point underdog. That's a game they could just probably win outright. And I know uh, I may have told you all this before. I mean, last time the Jags were in New Orleans, they got destroyed in the bowl game. I mean, Western Kentucky made them look rough. And I know that never sits well with, with anybody in the Womack family. So I, I do think uh, LaDamian Webb's back again, of course, uh, former starter at Florida State. I watched him play at Jones College. They're loaded for bear. I mean, they're a reason that they're picked up top, and I think there's a reason why they're they're better than Troy on paper. So that's the one I'll be keeping you know my eyes on outside. And then what's Grayson McCall do against UCLA? Um, just with the preseason hype that he's been getting, and uh, that one's late, late, late tomorrow night. But those are too intriguing for me. Yeah, and you know what the that stands out to me about that one is okay. Yes, you got Grayson McCall, you got that quarterback, but Jamie Chadwell is now at Liberty, and, and so mm-hmm. what is that? Uh, what does that team for Old Dominion, or excuse me, for uh, uh, goodness for Coastal uh, look like compared to uh, what it's looked like previously? The other one that I'm curious about is Old Dominion. Now they weren't very good a year ago; they were only three and nine, and it's a team that looks a whole lot different, but. They are headed to Virginia Tech, and that's a team that has not been very good. Can Old Dominion scare Virginia Tech tomorrow? I don't think. Everything that we've looked at preseason-wise, I expect kind of the same out of Old Dominion. Uh, they'd be surprised. I mean, Old Dominion was kind of one of those on Southern Miss schedule that you just circled, chalked it to a win, and moved on. Okay. Um, but they, they may surprise. I, I think I think Virginia Tech may be them three touchdowns or better tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, visiting with uh, Luke Johnson on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Last thing for you, Billy Wiles. What's it going to look like tomorrow? I think you'll see some confidence. Uh, I think he's a guy that's meshed well with his offensive line, so a lot of trust up there. And I think tomorrow you're just going to see some confidence, particularly on, on the first and second reads. I don't think you'll see a lot of panic. And I do think, in order to get him, you know, get him some confidence, I, I do think they will take some shots early. Um, there'll be some safe stuff, you know, and, and probably um, some some safer throws. But I, I, what I want to, what I expect to see out of him is a guy that's been itching to play. And once he gets out there, he's not going to force it. He understands that while he is the quarterback, things fall on his shoulders. But he's not. He doesn't feel like he has to put the whole world on his shoulders because. In year three of Will Hall, this is the best set of skill players that, that Southern Miss has had in quite some time. Um, and so start with the run game, let the run game do its thing. And, uh, but I, I do think Will will take some shots, but the run game itself will, will allow Billy to not have to face, you know, second and eight, third and nines. Sounds good. Season opener for Southern Miss, 6 o'clock tomorrow night at the Rock, MM Roberts Stadium against Alcorn State. You want to watch it? It is on ESPN+. Plus. Luke, enjoy the high school football tonight. Thanks so much, as always, for your time. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. That's Luke Johnson joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, 
Mississippi Farm Bureau. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park in Oxford. You can find them online at mtradepark.com. Be sure to check out the schedule for the events that are coming up throughout the uh, the course of the fall. They are busy, and they are almost every weekend through, oh, I think the first weekend of November. So whether it's baseball or fast pitch or soccer, be sure that you are a part of the events that are happening at M-Trade Park. To find that full schedule, visit them online at mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. When we come back, we will visit with Bruce Marshall. We'll get his thoughts on some of the big games that are happening this weekend and also his thoughts on the college football season that is about to arrive. That's coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us on the Ceasefire text line. The number is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. We are working on connecting with Bruce Marshall on the Farm Bureau guest line. Have not been able to connect with him just yet. Hey, Dad. It was glorious last night. We had college football all over the country. Yeah. Some of the games were interesting. Some of the games were, I don't know, less interesting. But, I mean, you, you want to take that Minnesota-Nebraska game. By all accounts, that was not a great football game, except for the fact that it was spectacular, and it was won on a term that we don't necessarily use for football. It was a walk-off field goal. And Minnesota in front of a packed house, had a wild and crazy win, and they're rowing the boat and uh, the the whole deal, and more of the same with Nebraska and not being able to uh, to get it done. So uh, we got drama right out of the gate in the college football season. I think we got Bruce Marshall now joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. We're gonna let Bruce tell us about his new venture called Bam Sports. You can find them online at bamsports.net. That's B-A-M for Bruce A. Marshall, sports.net. Bruce, the entrepreneur, what's up, my friend? Hey, pretty good, although uh, I, I felt like uh, watching Nebraska-Minnesota last night was in lieu of community service because that was painful. I thought more painful than watching Florida last night, which was also pretty painful. Yeah. At, at least, though, with that Nebraska-Minnesota game, and, and it, full disclosure, all I did was watch the end of the game. I, I didn't get to watch it throughout the course of the yeah. game because I was doing another game. But the end delivered some drama. It did, and that touchdown catch with the guy doing the toe dance oh, wow. on that fourth down was, was really good. Uh, but uh, it's a game Nebraska should never have lost, and Jeff Sims with those three picks disastrous. I mean, right at the end of the first half, they're ready to score, go ahead, pick. At the end of the game, I mean, Nebraska's trying to run out the clock, fumbles the ball away, sets up that last TD, and then uh, 
interception again, setting up the last field goal. So, yeah, the last five minutes or so picked up a bit, but it was 55 minutes of uh, excruciating tedium beforehand. All right, so for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, we don't have lines on these games because they are FCS opponents right out of the gate. So so let's start this way. Give me kind of your season outlook for the Rebels and for the Bulldogs. I'll talk about the Bulldogs first. And I asked Coach Arnett about this in Nashville last month, or little July, uh, when we were there uh, for the uh, SEC Media Days. And I said, uh, tell me about how you plan to use Mike Wright, uh, because I thought he single-handedly won four games for Vanderbilt last year. And Coach Arnett looked sort of like the cat that swallowed the canary, like uh, this is his secret weapon. And he said, yeah. He said, well, you don't find too many quarterbacks in the portal who have SEC wins under their belt. And second, he said, there's ways. He said, he's not. He said, we've got our quarterback with Will, but um, there's a lot of ways we can use Mike Wright. We can use him as a wingback. We can use him as a receiver. Um, we can use him as a change of pace quarterback. Uh, he adds a dimension to this attack that I, I think even in the post-Leach era, and they've changed a few things there. It's not the full-out air raid, but you've got a dimension there that I think can really be good. So I actually think, I think uh, Mississippi State gets back to a bowl, and I, I actually think Zach Arnett, who was going to be considered for uh, some op- head coaching openings, and then, of course, the unfortunate events of last December uh, moved him in uh, a little sooner than you know they expected at Starkville. But I think he's going to do fine, and uh, Mississippi State could be a, kind of a pleasant surprise. The Rebels will see. I don't like the way they closed last year, um, and I don't like... Uh, uh, you know, the, the the last year they took advantage of the schedule early on. It got tougher later, and they really struggled down the stretch. So something was happening last year, and you know, and the, all the Kiffin distractions about maybe going to Auburn and all that that could have had something to do with it. Uh, he's back. Um, I thought a curious transfer was Spencer Sanders coming in here with an, ex, an established quarterback like Jackson Dart, but um, they can hurt you with that running game. And uh, and Ole Miss is you know going to do a lot of that again this year. So and Lane is a is a master play caller. So I think they'll probably be in the mix this year too. Though I, I'm I'm almost a little bit more expecting Mississippi State to the surprise a little bit more than Ole Miss this year. I'm kind of interested in the Bulldogs how they if they're as good as I think they're going to be. <laughs> Bruce, let's uh, let's talk about some games, and I want to start with one that's a little bit off the radar, but it's something we were talking about just a little while ago with a previous guest. I am intrigued uh, by Ole Miss's Week 2 opponent. They go to Tulane. They go to New Orleans in Week 2, but Tulane starts this season with South Alabama, and South Alabama is getting 6.5 points in this game. It's in New Orleans. Uh, South Alabama returns their starting quarterback. They return their top three rushers. Kane Womack's doing a good job there with that program. You know, winning winning ten a season ago. Uh, is this something where Tulane needs to be on upset alert? I think so. Um, th- this this could be a tough rich and and, and with with Tulane, um, it's it's uh, it's going to be a hard act to follow. And and Coach Fritz really is the the deal. And I think we saw. And we knew last year early on that 2021 was an outlier because of the hurricane. It displaced the team in September, and it just threw the whole thing off track. But there's a lot of key performers, and uh, and, and 
some turnover in the coaching staff, too, um, that they're going to have to address. Now, uh, Pratt's still back at quarterback, but, I mean, some of the big play threats aren't there. Kane Womack is on the way up at uh, South Alabama. Uh, we saw them last year. Uh, they've, they've made steady progress under him. Carter Bradley, an experienced quarterback, came down from the MAC, gives them some uh, veteran leadership there on the field. They darn near beat UCLA on the road last year. They camped kind of flat against Western Kentucky in the bowl, but that happens in the bowls. Western Kentucky was pretty good. Uh, but uh, it's, a, it's an interesting underdog. And we saw Sunbelt teams really make their mark last year. I think Tulane wins close. Um, but they cannot afford to overlook the Jags, even with Ole Miss on deck. Uh, this is going to be a scrap for Tulane on uh, tomorrow. All right, Bruce, uh, our, our listeners love this. We started doing this a year ago. Give us, uh, give us a game that you love this weekend. This is a totals play in the Mountain West. And by the way, this might be a Mountain West game next year, Washington State to Colorado State. Okay. Now, how about this? Colorado State last year um, – did not score more than 19 points in any game. You heard me right. That was their high watermark last year. They could not protect the quarterback, Clay Millen, uh, who was forced to throw a lot of short screens, flares, digs, dump-offs, I mean, because he had no time to throw. But what that did was sort of keep the clock moving in Colorado State's games, combined with a pretty decent defense. Um, that resulted in 11-1 and under mark last year for Colorado State. That was the best under mark in the country. On the other hand, Washington State comes in, blitz-happy defense. This is a bad matchup for Millen, so there's going to be a lot of dump, dink and dunk again for Colorado State. Uh, Washington State will have representative defense. Cam Ward, uh, offense, now, though he's a, this is a pass-happy offense. It's a lot of short stuff, too, with Washington State. It's not really a downfield thing. My point here is the clock is going to keep moving. A lot of short, completed passes. Uh, it'll be sort of like watching uh, Air Force or Navy game where they're just running the ball the whole time and the clock never stops. Plus, the clock is stopping less this year anyway with the new first down rule. And Washington State has been under 11-3 and three its last 14. So, 55.5 looks like a mountain to climb for me in Fort Collins. Uh, I'm looking under in that one. Washington State, Colorado State tomorrow. All right, I like that. We, uh, I, I talk too much. I set too much up, so we are a little short on time. Got about a minute and a half left. Let's talk briefly about North Carolina, South Carolina, and then the big one on Sunday night with uh, LSU and Florida State. Two things about this game. One, was that the real Spencer Rattler we saw the last three games last year, especially the Tennessee game, or was the first nine games of the season, ten games, that was the real Rattler? Because he wasn't that good before the end, but he sure was right at the finish. On the other side, uh, Mac Brown kept Drake May in the fold, but they had to work collaboratively on finding the new offensive coordinator. They had landed on Chip Lindsey. I'm not sure about that, but what I think you're going to get here is a higher scoring game. Now, this is one game I might look at over uh, this this week. Defenses have some question marks. It's in Charlotte, uh, 65 or so. I think they're going over, over the total of that one in Charlotte tomorrow. All right, and then what do you think on Sunday night with LSU and Florida State? I think LSU gets the revenge here. Uh, last year, of course, that first game, they, I mean, they missed the overtime because they missed the extra point in the last play of the game. But they got steadily better last year. We saw the Brian Kelly impact. I think Jaden Daniels is a – I think he's more of a Heisman threat, actually, than, than uh, Travis the other way for Florida State. Uh, we saw the Brian Kelly impact. I, I, I watched Florida State a lot last year. I watched them lose to Wake Forest. watched them lose to NC State. watched them lose to Clemson. They didn't look that good in the bowl game against Oklahoma. I'm not quite sure Mike Norvell's got them all the way back. He's done a lot of good work there because he didn't inherit it much. 
but I'm not sure there's a lead as this uh, eighth ranking makes them seem. So I'm going to take LSU to go in there and get some revenge. 30 to 24 in Orlando on Sunday night. Certainly going to be a lot of fun. You want to see some more of Bruce's picks and also check out a lot of other really cool stuff. Visit his website, bamsports.net. That's bamsports.net. Bruce, a pleasure to have you back again this year. Look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, well, have some fun. Thank you. You as well. That's Bruce Marshall joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. We're back right after this. We'll actually talk to each other when we come back on Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, that was a busy 4 o'clock hour. Just a couple of minutes with you. Started things off with Ola Buchanan from Texax. Had a visit with Luke Johnson from the Eagle Hour. And uh, just finished up with Bruce Marshall from BAM Sports. Bruce and uh, his partners in uh, the gold sheet for all those years sold that venture and uh, is kind of doing something on his own now. And so uh, we will continue to uh, visit with Bruce. I did notice if you go to his website and you uh, you click on week one, there are some uh, some picks there for you that uh, you don't have to pay for. You can certainly subscribe to his service if you would like, but uh, those are available uh, for you for free at bamsports.net. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey. <laughs> nice so, to be with Richard, you. Richard, right? Yeah, Richard is, Cross? is his name. That's right. Not a cross like it's your phone one. It's on the screen. It was two days, you schmucks. Hey, you it's had an interesting night it. last night. You had to uh, watch another grown man eat a hot dog in a very uncomfortable way oh, within a foot of you. That looked like fun. Yeah, the the hot dog itself is pretty good. I, I had good. one also. You were <laughs> your your face is so funny. You went viral last night. I don't know if you knew that. Your expressions. Made its rounds on the internet. Yeah, so uh, I, I didn't. I kind of saw that this morning. I was tagged in a couple of those, but <laughs> I know Hayden had a shock to know that I didn't spend the night combing Twitter to see if people were talking <laughs> about us eating hot dogs. Uh, UAB got the win last night, thirty-five to six, in the uh, Trent Dilfer debut. Um, you know what the most fascinating thing for me out of those two days in Birmingham was? It was, it was the the visit with Alex Mortensen. Um, I feel like we should all know that name. Uh, he's former quarterback at Arkansas. He's the offensive coordinator now at UAB. Had no experience as a position coach, but had worked as an analyst at Alabama since 2014 and had kind of grown and really worked with quarterbacks a lot. Uh, son of Chris Mortensen. You guys realize what he did at Alabama? He worked under Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, Brian Dayball, Mike Loxley, and Bill O'Brien. It's a pretty good resume builder. It, you know, if you just want to like take a PhD level class in offense with five oh. different high end professors over the course of eight years. But Richard, Alabama fans tell you that Bill O'Brien is a terrible coach and knows nothing about offense. So it may have set his career back, if anything, because yeah. a guy that, as a head coach and a GM, won his division in the NFL multiple times and got hired by the greatest college football coach of all time and now the greatest NFL coach of all time doesn't know offense. 
Make that make sense. Didn't he previously run the number one offense in the NFL with Tom Brady as his quarterback also? Wasn't he an offensive coordinator at New England at one point? Or did I miss that up? Bill O'Brien? No? Yes? Nobody remembers? I don't remember that. I just Nobody know remembers, that he no. was uh, recently hired by the greatest NFL coach of all time. After, by the way, saving Penn State from itself after they got hit with sanctions like nobody's ever been hit before. But again, d- doesn't know anything about offense. It, it, had a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I but mean, no, I mean, aside from that, you know, he's terrible. He was an offensive assistant in 07 in New England, wide receivers coach in 08, quarterbacks coach in 09 and 10, and their offensive coordinator in 2011, in which they led the NFL in total offense. Terrible. I, yeah. I mean, Alabama is thankful that he is gone because he stinks. Hey, Dad, uh, you get the air conditioning unit working properly now? <laughs> Not yet. Did you listen to the Still whole thing? Still issues. What, what, is there anything that you can do yourself to uh, to make it work better, at least in short spurts? <laughs> in anything, spurts, you say? Anything at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can, I, I can go outside. and uh, I had to do it last night. I sent a video to Will and uh, to Borky. What, what, so what, what is it that you have to do? i got to suck the pipe. Mm. Go around back and... Okay. And to go round back. And then he sent he sent two of us a video of him doing that. Yeah. Okay. I was having a nice what? night. I watched college football. I'm lay, I mean, I'm, I'm laying in bed and Haydad sending me these videos. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, good news. Certainly, uh, certainly good news that you're able to get it uh, working uh, for. Short spurts, and we didn't uh, get fired. Hey, did did you say that I was? Did you tell people earlier that I was staying at the uh, No Tell Motel in Nashville? <laughs> I just wonder where you are. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I had, it was funny. I had to drop quarters uh, in the door to get the uh, lock to open so I could get into the room. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, a little, little bit nicer than uh, than that. Um, in fact, they told me my room was not ready when it was time to uh, check in. I was a little bit early, and I asked, I was like, could, could I get a different room? And they were like, no, nope, sorry, you got to stay in this room. No, so, you can't. Yeah. Cool. All right, thanks. Fortunately, it didn't uh, didn't take very long. Five o'clock hour, not going to be any slower. We've got, uh, we've got picks that we need to make for the college football fix. We're going to have a food Friday. Hey, Dad, he's skipping two questions. How dare he? You skipped them. Did I skip? Two questions? Yeah. I mean, I was I was previewing what was coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Which is supposed to be. We also have two questions happening Thank in you. the 5 o'clock hour. <laughs> and we will have our last team in the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Sit tight. One hour left. And Sports 10 Talk, days of trivia. 10 days you. of trivia. And 10 days of trivia. Ooh, how are we going to get it all in? We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Five 
o'clock hour with you, Sports Talk Mississippi at the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon. You can learn more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Pearl River Resort, or excuse me, uh, the, the sports book celebrated its five-year anniversary earlier this week, and uh, you can celebrate with them by hanging out at the sports book on this first full weekend of the college football season. Pearl River Resort. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Learn more online at cspire.com slash business. No, we got to get to two questions in just a second. I do want us to hit on this story quickly, and that is the story of Tez Walker. Tez Walker is the North Carolina wide receiver who was expected to be the top target for Drake May this year. He has been waiting on the NCAA to hear an appeal on a ruling that they have already made. Last month, the NCAA denied his waiver to play immediately as a two-time transfer. North Carolina has appealed the decision. The appeal will be heard by a committee of representatives from Division I schools and will then make a decision and present it to the NCAA. They've been dragging their feet, and Mac Brown today lashed out. He said this, We're one day away from our highly anticipated season opener against South Carolina, and unfortunately, Tez Walker remains ineligible. Our institution has been pushing for Tez's case to be reviewed by the assigned committee so that it could be heard prior to our first game, but the NCAA's unwillingness to provide clarification over the last few weeks has left us in this position. Now, here's the money quote. They say they're about helping kids. But all they've done is add to the very mental health issues Tez has been dealing with that made him want to get closer to home to begin with. You can't say you're about helping kids and then show a total disregard for the kids you're supposed to be helping. It's clear they are about process and not people. Fortunately, the committee still has a chance to recommend a correction to this egregious error. So the basis of the appeal from North Carolina, in 2020, the COVID season, he didn't play at North Carolina Central because of the pandemic forcing them to cancel their season or them choosing to cancel their season because of the pandemic. And so he transferred to uh, Kent State. He was there for two years, but he was his grandmother's primary caregiver back in Charlotte when he was growing up in, in high school. Long way from her, her health was deteriorating, and so he transferred back to be closer to home and closer to family and said that he was dealing with some mental health issues related partially to being away from his family, especially when his grandmother was ailing. And yet the NCAA has stuck to their multiple-time transfers who cannot demonstrate and adequately document a personal need for medical or safety reasons to depart the previous school are not eligible to compete immediately following their second undergraduate transfer. Uh, More of the NCAA doing right by student-athletes. Always good to uh, get those stories that make you feel like they uh, they really care about the uh, the kids that they say that they care about. Um, so, not great news for North Carolina. We'll see what effect it has on the outcome of that season opening game. For, Back-to-back uh, days of us learning that student-athletes uh, on game week found out that they cannot play with the team that they've been spending all offseason getting ready to play with. Yes, Yesterday it was Mississippi State, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I still the the one thing that I can't 
stop thinking about is the SEC office, and now the ACC office, uh, loop them in here as well, where they sit back and see these two rulings and think, we're okay with this. We accept this. This is fine. If they are, if they feel that way, they shouldn't. But it's it's about time for somebody with some voice to step in and say, "Hey, guys, this is garbage." And it is. It uh, it absolutely is. It, it does remind you that that you probably better be tra- careful with this one time transfer thing. Like everybody's transfer, transfer, transfer. But if the NCAA is going to stick hard and fast to this decision and not waver in it, then it waver kind of nailed it. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Then uh, you better be you better be careful about using that uh, that one time transfer. All right, let's get to the college football fix. Soak it in, boys. Thirteen, well, fourteen, I guess, more weeks of this. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. When? Today. Or tomorrow. Or Monday. Well, they might be closed on a holiday. You get the idea. Visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer soon. Two questions is back. For another year, yeah. Michael Borky, so, take it away. Got to alter it because it's Mercer and Selah, with all due respect to those fine-ranked FCS programs. It's a little bit of a different game. So, we'll start in Oxford since they start first tomorrow. If mm. Ole Miss absolutely must do what if tomorrow will be viewed as a success after the game? Because uh. just winning's not enough. If you win like Arizona State did last night, everybody's going to be mad. So well, they they got to hope they don't have a sandstorm. That too. That was uh, a haboob. Yeah, uh, no, no good on uh, no good on that front. So Ole Miss needs to play well. They need to play clean, and they need to stop the charade of we don't know who the starting quarterback is. If they if they get past those three things, play well, play clean, and be convinced in who the starting quarterback is, then uh, then they're good to go and. You know, it sure would be nice to uh, to walk away from that game tomorrow with a little bit of an idea of what you've got with Hudson Wolf and Kyron Heath at tight end, given that uh, Caden Prescorn is going to be out for some amount of time. Uh, don't that that is an undetermined amount of time, and I don't think Ole Miss has commented on it because they don't comment on injuries. But uh, all the reports are that he's out for a little while, and we've heard so much throughout the course of the off season about what he uh, what he means to this team. So yeah. Uh, aside from quarterbacks, uh, which is the obvious, again, uh, Lane in his coach's show last night, he clearly was mis- he clearly misspoke. But in a 20-second clip, he said, our starting quarterback tomorrow played somewhere else last year, and also he's a returning starter. It's- you think that means he played somewhere else two years ago? That's what he meant to say? You know, that's what he was trying to say. And So, Jackson Dart... Because he's the quarterback of this team. Um, I know it's Mercer, but putting an end to it, going out looking sharp. I know again, it's Mercer taking anything away from his actual performance. Other than that, would would be foolish. But just kind of ending it on the field, just being sharp, completing your passes, don't do anything yep. stupid, and just end it all. Even though your coach won't end it all, you can end it all. Um, I'm looking at things defensively. 
like alignment and, and stuff like that. Uh, are, are the guys comfortable enough in their new, more complex system to be in the right place at the right time? Or are they making their checks pre-snap and, and uh, is all that fluid? Those kind of things. Because playing good defense against Mercer should not be a difficult thing. So I'm looking at that kind of stuff. Do they look comfortable in what they're doing? Do they look like they understand their assignments in the aforementioned more complex system defensively is something that I'll be keeping a close eye on. Question number two. What can they absolutely not do to avoid tomorrow being considered a failure? Uh, There's a limited amount of control on this. Almost got to come out of this game healthy tomorrow. Like, they, they can't uh, – Ole Miss is not a team that has enough depth to sustain significant injuries right out of the gate. And, you know, win, lose, or draw – or, let, I mean, let's let's just stick with win. Even if Ole Miss wins the football game, if they were to come out of that game with, with a devastating injury, then it was not a success. Now, there's nothing you can do about that, right? you got to just go out and play the game. But you need to come out of this one healthy. And, uh, look, don't don't be sloppy either. You've been in camp for a month. Lane Kiffin likes this team. They've talked a lot about chemistry. They need to go out and play a clean football game. So so don't come out of it being sloppy and then call it a success based on on the final score. And uh, we'll have to tease it uh, for next. So we'll, we'll do Mississippi State and uh, Southeastern Louisiana. That's 553. No. We'll do uh, that's Wait, 553. We'll have to come we'll back to that State. after. Now, we, we will get two questions to finish the show because... When we come back, we will have a Food Friday brought to you by Polk's, our good friends at polksmeat.com. That's coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort studio on this Friday afternoon. Have Fridays always been this busy? Maybe not like this. Maybe not like this. Not like this. I mean, it's just like... The Buchanan interview is what's throwing us off. Having Olin on for that SEC Uh, preview, that's normally a spot. We would not have. That's right. That's right. But we started something, and by golly, hey, Dad, when we start something, we We finish finish it it here at Sports Talk Mississippi. We got those final 12 SEC previews in. Well, we got to get, we got to talk a little bit about Florida State, don't we? we, Briefly. We'll see. We'll play the music. We'll talk about them briefly. We'll say that we finished it. Jordan Travis, great Heisman odds. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. We're back after this. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort studio on this Friday afternoon. It is week one of the college football season. Got started last night. Got some college football action coming your way tonight as well. If you are so inclined, you can uh, you can take in these games tonight. Sorry, I thought I had them right here. There it is. Uh, Central Michigan, Michigan State's on FS1 at 6. 
Miami of Ohio and Miami also at 6 on ACC Network. 6.30 ESPN from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Louisville, and Georgia Tech. We've also got uh, Missouri State in Kansas and Stanford and Hawaii. Late night kick, 10 o'clock on, uh, on the big island of Honolulu for uh, Stanford and Hawaii. Those are all coming up tonight. Upset alert in Palo Alto. Uh, it's in Honolulu. Oh, excuse me, in Honolulu at the uh, Erector Set Stadium while they rebuild Aloha the, Stadium. Yes, they are at uh, Clarence Ching Athletics Complex once again this year where it's going to be 82 degrees and sunny at kickoff. What a great so, place to live. I know yeah. it's really far from everything else, but man. Yeah, Stanford a, uh, a three-point favorite in that ball game tonight. So fetch your college football on the docket on this Friday night. Right now it's time for a Food Friday. Food Friday is presented by Polk's Meat. Polk'sMeat.com uh, is their website. You go there and uh, you can get some great recipes. You can find some merchandise that is available uh, to you. You can also find all of the products that are available. Our favorites are the smoked sausage. That's the go-to. That's the traditional. Whether it's the green onion and garlic or the Cajun or the original smoked sausage in pork or the original smoked sausage in beef, they've got you covered at Polk's. Go to your local grocery store, look for the bright yellow label that says Polk's on it, and uh, remember, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. It is the opening weekend of the college football season. There are things that are going on. So what are the plans to eat this weekend, boys. Borky, why don't you start? I'm going to disappoint a little bit. A little bit. Because I'm not doing very much cooking uh, myself. I have learned that uh, little guy, he's almost four, loves watching football with dad. But he didn't actually watch football. I mean, he'll look up at the TV and like point and stuff, and he's wondering where Derek Carr is, even when we're not watching the Saints. It, you know. But yeah. he loves what comes with football, which is usually snacks, pizza and ice cream and so anytime i'm like hey we're gonna watch football he's like yes i I want to so that's what we are going to do i am gonna make a sausage i've got polks in the fridge and he will eat sausage cheese and crackers like nobody's business so we'll do that pre-nap so we'll watch the 11 a.m kickoffs for like an hour and a half and load up on sausage and cheese and then he'll take a good nap hopefully let me watch some football in peace i love him but you know uh blippy on the ipad only does so much and then when he wakes up, we're ordering pizza, and we're going to have some ice cream. And that is all day. going to try to take him to the park early to wear his little butt out a little bit. And then it's just going to be snacks, sausage and cheese, crackers, chips, pizza, ice cream, and football all day. And he will love it and have no idea why I love it. But that's okay. That's, uh, that's some dad of the year stuff uh, so right, right there. And, and hey, Dad, I mean... I feel like Borky's hitting all the major food groups, right? I mean, he's doing sausage, cheese, and crackers. Doesn't that cover the three major food groups? I think. Just need a glass of milk. Get the dairy in there. Well, they got cheese. No, yeah, you're good. Che- you're cheese good. is the dairy. Yeah, uh, meat there's is a vegetable. There's some that might argue for vegetable, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. All right, hey, Dad, uh, you got a busy weekend with Mississippi State playing a home game. Does that mean there is uh, some Sunday cooking that is, or, or perhaps Monday? 
Well, I mean, Monday I, we got a we got a show right here, so I don't know if I, I, I'm time aware of that. But uh, I'm aware. But you can uh, do a little so lunchtime I, grilling. Ah, I took I, I took requests this week, and you'll you'll be sad to note that my my daughters did not want grilled food this weekend, so they want fried chicken. So I'm going to cook some fried chicken and some macaroni well, and cheese. Why did you just go to that strange voice? What, about fried chicken? You don't, you don't like fried chicken? Of course I, I love fried chicken. You, know, you like fried chicken, then. It's all right. Uh, macaroni and cheese. And uh, and I'm going to do, do some green beans. And I got some... some I've never seen it before. But it, I'm telling you, Kroger, They sometimes they have specialty bacons at the meat counter. I got some hatch green chili bacon. So I'll make bacon with green, or green beans with bacon with that spicy bacon. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think you didn't say bacon enough times. Bacon and fried chicken. Thanks a lot, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Good it's not Colonel Sanders. Who, who, who are you imitating? What 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 it's, reference am I missing that you can make fun of me for not knowing? It's the fried chicken kid. You don't remember the fried chicken kid? No. Borky, he was tell standing, me that you I, also have no idea what he's talking about. I, I, I've, I don't know. I guess I'll send I'll send Borky the, uh, the the YouTube link and we can all hear about the kid. But yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, that's okay. what I'm making. I was I was I was I was asked to make fried chicken, so we're making fri- fried chicken. Okay, well, in, enjoy the uh, the fried chicken this uh, this weekend. I don't know oh. what my family is going to want when I get back in town. So I don't know if we will grill on Sunday night, if we'll throw something on the uh, the grill on Monday for like a Labor Day kind of cookout lunch before the uh, for the show. That that is a very real possibility. But I would say that Monday morning breakfast outside is a very real possibility. In fact, I think I'm going to lobby for that. Oh, that'll be great. So we'll do eggs and pancakes and bacon and sausage on the griddle. And uh, I'll good. do some uh, Polk's Cajun smoked sausage on the uh, on the griddle. And uh, my, my guess is that everybody's going to be amenable to that. So I, I think that's going to be the, the working plan. You know the other thing that I, I want to try that I haven't done yet is get a, a bag of hash browns and throw them on the griddle as well. Could you, could you do that in the like bacon grease? Oh, so yeah. let me tell you what my wife did. She, she's having a girls' weekend this weekend. She's out of town. It's just me and my daughters at home. She made uh, sausage balls, but added hash browns to them. So it's like a one breakfast bite. There, it's sausage and cheese and hash brown in one one bite. Okay. So I like it. Borky, play that clip. It's only seventeen seconds. We got time. Okay. What have we got? And you sure I'm good? Oh, yeah, I know that you're good, yeah. All right, oh, YouTube, got an ad. Oh, of course you do. Uh, you can be part of the conversation play, play on this. a 30-second ad for a 17-second clip. Can't wait. You can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line. Free chicken sandwiches because the food tastes great. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Who doesn't like fried, like chicken. fried chicken? All right, that kid uh, likes fried chicken. By the way, that fried chicken and that and that he's talking about is at Chick Fil A. I don't know if he really knows. He's from Buffalo. He doesn't really know what fried chicken is. 
Hey, let's but rip we, through. We, a, we love him anyway. A few of these on the uh, C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Bobby and Batesville, steak in the skillet. Best steak ever. Touch of oil. Hot pan. Season the steak. Put it in the pan. Sear all four sides. Then add butter, rosemary, and fresh thyme and a clove of fresh garlic. Tilt the pan a bit. 30 seconds each side while constantly glazing the steak with a mixture. Two minutes max. Minute 30 for medium rare. Bobby and Batesville, That is exactly you how you should cook a steak in a pan. That is exactly the recipe for it. Cade in Ingemar, El Agave tonight, but tomorrow, grilled dove poppers, cheddar jalapeno deer burgers, and a rebel win. That is from Cade. Uh, here's another Grove item. Hash brown sausage balls in the Grove before that 11 a.m. kickoff. Very good. Uh, Universal meal for a large portion of Mississippi households tomorrow night will be the traditional grilled dove breast with cream cheese and jalapenos wrapped in bacon. That is from Brandon, also going with the uh, the dove poppers. I love it. I love it. It's it's so stuff. good. I'm hungry. i got to figure out what I'm going to eat tonight. Nashville is a good food town, but it's busy, and I've been on the go, and I'm not sure I want to even leave the hotel. So, I don't know. Hey, Dad, you wouldn't do that. You'd be going to the, uh, the the food mall you went to, right? I might go get some Nashville hot fried chicken. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Not a That's good your... game, by the way. 3.2 million people on average watched Florida-Utah last night. Ooh. You think people were ready for the start of the college football season? Best yes, they were. Thursday yes, opener were. since 2017. I would, uh, I would. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. That's a Food Friday brought to you by Polk's. Visit them online at polksmeat.com. And when you go to the grocery store, look for the yellow packaging. If you can't find it, find the manager of the meat department and tell him or her that picky people pick Polk's. And you would appreciate it very much if he picked Polk's for the meat department. No doubts, uh, buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. We got trivia when we come back. We will give away our final Genteel shirt and more on Sports Talk Mississippi. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. but it all gets rolling tomorrow. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com and men's specialty stores across the state of Mississippi. Um, Jim, I will... I'm sorry. I, I got completely distracted by a text message. Jim is right. He says, FYI, Honolulu is a city on the island of Oahu. Oahu is not the big island. The big island is the island of Hawaii. Thank you. Uh, thank me later. Thank you now, Jim. I appreciate you setting me straight. Uh, I think I knew that, but I did not say it the way I intended to say it. So 
I do appreciate you uh, helping us get that right. As I was saying, Gentile is the official uh, official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Um, be sure to check out the collegiate collection. Football season's here. Time has run out to order and get them before the first game, but you certainly can have your stuff by the second game or the third game, whatever it is you're looking for. Plenty to choose from online at genteelapparel.com. And Genteel is uh, our sponsor of 10 Days of Trivia. This is the 10th and final day. Dwayne and Brandon so badly wanted us to uh, to give some shirts away, and uh, he is he is responsible for this. So say thank you to Dwayne for figuring out a way to, to get some Genteel shirts out there. I think we have a good final trivia question for you. In its history, Ole Miss has had 13 consensus All-Americans. In its history, Mississippi State has had three consensus All-Americans. I need you to name, on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, the first consensus All-American for both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. In the same message. Don't send, send two the, messages. Send it in the same message with both names. I need the first consensus All-American for Ole Miss and the first consensus All-American for Mississippi State in the same message on the ceasefire text line. The first correct answer will win our final Genteel golf shirt. You get to choose Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, or the Super Talk logo. Hey, Dad, do you know the answer? I think I know, but I'm, oh. I'm not 100%. Okay. Does this... Uh, does so this... That, that being said, I guess you're monitoring the text line because I assume Borky doesn't know either. I have given Michael Borky the correct answers, and he is monitoring the text okay. line for them. Right, Borky? Okay. Or do you remember? I think you, we you... already got... I think the first message we got was accurate. Really? Uh, wow. J- just say yes or no. That's right, isn't it? The, the one that came in at 540 immediately after Bobby and Batesville's message? Yes, sir. Wow, that is impressive. Charlie Connerly for Ole Miss in 1947. He was Ole Miss's first consensus All-American. And for Mississippi State in 1974, Jimmy Webb was the Bulldogs' first consensus All-American. I'm really impressed because that was not a look up the answer and send it in. Uh, uh, no, with that our, speed, he knew. Our friend knew the answer to that. So, there you go. Uh, and and we had, I mean, look, there were a lot of, there were a uh, a lot of folks that uh, took guesses at some of the all time greats. Uh, but that was the uh, the correct answer. Charlie Connerly and Jimmy Webb, first two consensus oh, yeah. All Americans at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. All right, my guesses were going to be Bruiser Kennard. And uh, uh, Joe Fortunato, but I would have been wrong. Uh, Bruiser Kennard was not a consensus All-American. Really? So li- yeah, I would never have guessed that. The list for Ole Miss, Charlie Connerly in 1947, Crawford Mims in 1953, Charlie Flowers in 59, Jake Gibbs in 60, Jim Dunaway 62, Jim Miller, a punter in 1979, Everett Lindsay in 92, Rufus French 98, Terrence Metcalf 2001, Patrick Willis 06, Michael Orr 08, 
Sinquez Golson 2014, and Elijah Moore in 2020. The list for Mississippi State, Jimmy Webb in 1974, Fred Smoot in 2000, and Emmanuel Forbes in 2022. And yes, all three of those defensive players for Mississippi State for the consensus All-American list. So, uh, hey, thanks for participating. Lots and lots and lots of you have. And uh, we have we have given away 11 golf shirts. I, I had a minor screw-up on Monday, and I felt like we needed to do a make good, so we gave you two uh, trivia questions on uh, on Tuesday. All of you who ordered golf shirts, I'm going to take the order to... Um, I will take all of the shirt requests to Genteel early next week, and once they are embroidered, they will drop ship them to the address that you provided us. So uh, thanks for uh, for being a part of our ten days of trivia. That was actually a lot of fun. So we will uh, yeah. we will we'll try to do some more of that going uh, going forward. Um, you know what else we got going on? Another chance for you to win with the Polk's Pick Six Super Talk. Dot .fm slash polks. I hope you remember the rules from a year ago. It's really simple. You go to that website, supertalk.fm slash polks, and you enter your contact information, and you pick six games. Winners only. We give you the six games. The six games this week, Alcorn State at Southern Miss, Mercer at Ole Miss, Southeastern Louisiana at Mississippi State, LSU Florida State in Orlando, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Charlotte, and Colorado at TCU. The tiebreaker this week is the total number of points scored in the LSU-Florida State game on Sunday night. You enter your name, your cell phone number, and your email address, and you hit submit. It is It, it takes literally less than 60 seconds, unless you want to just agonize over your picks. And uh, for the winner, each week what we will take... Whatever the, the highest number of correct answers is. If somebody goes six for six or 13 somebody's goes six for six, we will take all of those, we will put them into a single spreadsheet, we will use a random number generator, and we will pick the winner for the week. If you're the only person who's got the most, congratulations, you won. If you're part of a group of 25 that all got it right, then we'll go to a random number generator to uh, get the, uh, uh, get the, uh, the winner. And the winner each week will receive a six-pack of Polk's meat products that will be shipped directly to your home address. And uh, we, we are still working on a grand prize winner as well. So we would encourage you to enter because the grand prize winner at the end of the season is not going to be based on whether or not you won during the regular season. It is going to be based on whether or not you entered. You can enter one time and one time only each week. Please just enter one time, because if you enter more than once, I'm going to delete them anyway, and it's just more work to go through the spreadsheet and kind of get rid of the numbers. So please, just enter one time, and if you enter, fill out your picks. Fill out all six picks. It was crazy how many people would like do name and email address and then hit submit without doing their picks. Pick the six games, give us your contact information, hit submit, and have a chance to win. And uh, we're going to do a grand prize that the end of the college football season for everybody that participated, we will uh, we'll have a giveaway for that as well. More information on the grand prize to come a little bit farther down the line. Should we start the uh, start the two questions, knowing that we got to do that? No, on the we other side of the, the break. We have a hundred teams in a hundred days. Get it? Oh yeah. Oh, well, good. 
100 teams in 100 like kids, days. The homework is due in an hour. We got to get it done. Straight into the fight song, Borden. 100 teams in 100 days. Team number one on the countdown is... That's seriously what you picked for Florida State? Uh, I typed in Florida State fight song, and this is what their fight song is. Oh, so that's what I did. Oh, 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 oh. I need some Chief Osceola. I need some chopping. Is Florida State beating LSU on Sunday night? That's question number one for you guys. Is yes. it happening? Yes. Both of you think yes. Which I means think I they're si- not. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm siding with Bruce Marshall. LSU a little well, bit. Bruce like, didn't agree, yeah. Yeah, little uh, little revenge. Uh, Jordan Travis, he's really special. Senior quarterback for uh, for Florida State last year threw for three thousand two hundred fourteen yards, twenty four touchdowns, just five interceptions. He, he had four hundred seventeen yards rushing, seven touchdowns, eight starters back on offense, nine starters back on defense. A team that won ten games a year ago. Mike Norvell going into his fourth season. Here's the schedule. LSU, Southern Miss, at Boston College, at Clemson. Then an open date. Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke, Wake, and Pittsburgh on the road in back-to-back weeks. Miami, North Alabama on November 18th. And then they close it out on the road in Gainesville against the Florida Gators. Florida State, team number one on the countdown. We made it! Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. So we've got a couple of questions. Bobby and Batesville asked this, and uh, we also got one. Um, not sure what the uh, the name is uh, on this, but they've asked about kind of the definition of consensus All American. Because somebody pointed out that Buddy Elrod in 1940 was first team All American, and um, Bobby and Batesville says that Bruiser Kennard was All American by the AP and UPI or UP at the time, in 1937. Here's what I'm going to tell you. One, i got to do a little bit of digging. I'm going to call my friend or, or reach out to my friend Langston Rogers, who has worked for years and years and years with the College Football Foundation and what they determine for, uh, for all Americans. I'm not being dismissive at all when I say this. Um, I will simply say to you that sports – Reference.com, sports-reference.com is an incredible resource for historical information in all sports. And they, enlisting the Consensus All-Americans, um, have that. So The Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame says Buddy Elrod is the first Consensus National All-American for Mississippi State. So. I, I understand. And, and so I'm, I will try to understand if there is some specific criteria or a timeline that was used for recognized consensus All-Americans. Um, so, 
that's what we got. I'll try and find out, and uh, I appreciate you reaching out. Somebody says, your source is wrong, I win the prize. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And, and we immediately had the correct answer based on the information that was available to us as well. So, anyway, look, I promise you we have tried to be consistent and fair in our trivia, and I think we've we've done right by you. And, and so we'll just leave it there. All right. We have four minutes, and we have two questions. Michael Borky, take it away. If tomorrow is going to be a success for Mississippi State, what absolutely must happen? It's kind of the opposite of what Richard said for Ole Miss. I think State needs to stay healthy. That's that's what, you know, the win, the win is, is, is basically taken for granted. It's about staying healthy. State's going to be without Xavion Thomas tomorrow. He is out for this game. Uh, and they are, I would say, probable with Tulu Griffin and Justin Robinson. That's three guys who could be your starting receivers. You don't need to take any more hits to that particular position group or any other. So, yeah, what's what's the success for this weekend? A big win and a health, a clean bill of health at the end. I, I assume the same thing applies, too, with the offense, right? It's new. Uh, I don't think it's as dramatic of a shift uh, in terms of complexity as you're getting with the Ole Miss defense, but still, it's new. And just looking like you know what you're doing, and, and that sounds so elementary, but it's true. It, it Does Will Rogers know where everybody's supposed to be? Do, are the right route concepts run? or Everything like that. Does it look clean? If, if it's a little sloppy, then, you know, area for concern, but otherwise not concerned about the game itself. Uh, what can they not do? if they want tomorrow to be deemed a success? It's about numbers, right? They cannot score less than 40. They cannot give up more than 17. Anything more than that, that's red flag territory. State wins 35-13, that's red flag territory. State wins 44-24, that's red flag territory. They they need they need to have a dominant win. They've like I, I said on I think yesterday or Wednesday show against FCS opponents since Mullins started in 2009. State has won by an average of 41 points a game, and that includes one where they only won by 15. They they have blown out every FCS opponent they have had. They need to continue that tradition. Simple enough. Yeah. With time to spare, what do we do with all this extra time? Take a breath. Yeah. No, man, I, I can't. I'm glad it's finally here. And uh, the conference realignment stuff is still going on, and I could not possibly care less. Football's actually here. Yes, I, I agree. Could not care less at this point. It's all about football. With that said, some pretty big news that, uh, that rolled out first thing this morning uh, when it was announced officially that Stanford and Cal and SMU are going to the ACC. Stanford and Cal will take a reduced television share in the neighborhood of 30% or roughly $8 million a year. Um, SMU will take zero money in terms of television revenue for up to nine years of this contract. They are going to self-finance their move to the uh, to the ACC in terms of TV revenue. Thanks for being with us. This has been a uh, fun week. Big thanks to uh, Borky and Haydad for holding down the fort the last couple of days. Good to be back with you for the last couple of hours. Enjoy 
week one of the college football season. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.